Hey everyone, happy Valentine's Day. I am so excited because this is the first time that I get to do a Valentine's Day training with none other than the love of my life, my Valentine since the fourth grade, my wife, Julie Meltzer. I can't wait to share all the ups and downs, trials and tribulations, but most of all, the love and communication that we've developed over these 25 years of marriage. And believe it or not, over 45 years of a relationship. Not necessarily boyfriend and girlfriend, but a relationship nonetheless. Join me for all of this and more. Happy Valentine's Day. May you find the light, the love, and the lessons in all of those who are most important to you. This is The Playbook. I'm so excited to do this. I never get to do this, but to be able to share my most important relationship with people and the philosophy and perspective of the most important relationship that I have and how that has evolved is really important to me. And so first I want to introduce the most important person in my life. Hello. This is my wife, Julie Meltzer. And um, Julie, I want you kind of to set the stage and maybe tell people how we met and how we ended up actually getting married. So Dave and I met in the fourth grade. Fourth grade. We used to play together, had a great time together until we reached puberty. <laughs> and Dave started picking on me endlessly. And um, But I loved you. I don't know. I Tell them I asked you to go steady with me at sixth grade camp. Yeah, so actually he did not ask me. His best friend asked me. And I said no, because that was awkward. And his friend yelled it out in front of everyone. Oh my God, she doesn't want to be your girlfriend. And I guess it embarrassed like, you. He's like, dude, she said no and laughed. And then everyone else laughed at me. Well, I guess it embarrassed you. It did. Because then I was walking home from school a couple and days later. And broke my heart, by the way. I doubt it. And he threw an egg and hit me in the back of the head with it. And my mom wanted me to go to his house with the egg still in my hair to show his mom what he did to me. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And that set the scene for me hating him. Through elementary, junior high, and high school? Yeah, except for in seventh grade, you told me I was ugly and all my friends were prettier than me. And threw rocks at you? Probably. <laughs> and so, so I just stayed away from think, him. She doesn't think that is proof that I loved her. In fact, when I have three daughters who are now 22, 20, and turning 18, uh, but... I tell them all the time when boys were mean to them, when they were in the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, be careful, you might end up marrying them. So then years and years later, I'd say 12 or probably 12 years later, uh, we ran into each other at a bar in Mexico and we hit it off, exchanged numbers, and he threw my number out because he thought I was still. But before that, let me tell a little bit of the story. I ran into her when I was in law school and I was engaged my last year in law school uh, to a, another girl uh, who I ended up breaking up with. But more importantly, I ran into her and had the best conversation and she went back and her mom uh, was dying of cancer at the time. And, oh, and her mom... Her last words well, on no, Dave. Well, first she said, you know who I ran into? Oh, yeah. And he, he said, David Meltzer, she said, isn't that that little shit that threw the egg at you? And then you described that I was in law school and who I was and what I was doing. And she said, you should go out with him. Or someone like him. Or someone like him. Because you said, I can't because he's engaged. And she said, or someone like him. I then, 
at the Rosarita Resort Hotel in Mexico after I had broken up with my fiance, got pushed by someone into you. And I didn't we, see you. And we didn't just meet up. I got pushed yeah, it was by karma. I think it was fate. I think it was your mom. Maybe. And I bounced off of you. What was the first thing that you said? I have a bone to pick with you. He didn't <laughs> even remember. Yeah. He barely remembered. I'm like, you threw an egg at me and hit me in the back of the head and told me I was ugly and all my friends were prettier than me. Yeah. And you did not remember. You yeah. said, well, you're not ugly now. Can I buy you a drink? <laughs> and you did. And then my other friend, the reason I threw the phone number away, my other friend embarrassed me. Uh, he was from Pennsylvania and a lawyer, and he was just being obnoxious. And so I thought you still thought I was a jerk. But meanwhile, we end up then going on our first date, which was still the best date of my life. And you told me that you actually had butterflies. Yep. I did. I was like, what is happening? Dave Meltzer, really, stomach? Like, I didn't understand <laughs> and that. And then she moved in uh, almost two years later. She moved in with me. My favorite thing was I was so nervous. Uh, we had a brand new house. She moved in with me. And the very first thing she said as we laid down as she moved in with me was, if somebody would have told me when I was 12 that I'd be in love with you, I would have killed myself. Because <laughs> I said, this is starting off really well <laughs> but i think it's important because the background of that story uh i think there's something bigger than me and when you have a feeling that you're protected and promoted at all times you start paying attention to coincidences and she doesn't know this but when i moved in to san diego uh with six kids and my mom and i, I actually slept on a a window seal by choice, by the way. I didn't want to share my room with three other brothers. Uh, she was the first person that skateboarded by my house. And I still remember, I know she doesn't think I was in love with her, that that's when I had my first butterflies from seeing Julie. So I think there is an intuition. Uh, we've been told by Dr. and Master Shaw that we've been together in like over 200 lives, over 200 lifetimes. And she's we were going to take a break next one, but no, I told her if that's the case, <laughs> we're taking a break this one. But, uh, Nope, not a chance. But she thinks she was the husband most of the time, uh, which may or may not be true. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, that is the basis of what my love is, is that I believe and I have faith that I'm being protected and promoted and that the greatest gift of promotion and protection God gave me was her uh, to be in my life. And, and I'm your biggest cheerleader, for e sure. Even though I haven't been the best quarterback. What are you talking about? I... I I think it's important that, you know, that I had to mature as a oh, husband. It took you a while. <laughs> and a father. And that I yeah. took, I, I always say, you know, my biggest lesson is not to take for granted what other people are wishing for, but I took it to the next step because I took for granted early in our marriage what I was wishing for. I'd wish for you to be my wife since the fourth grade. And I took that for granted. Um, and you know, to help you, you always made me slow down and you always made me look at things differently. And I wasn't ready to do that um, until the ultimate truth that when financially I screwed up and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, you protected me by, you know, telling me that I would be the only honest person in my life and setting me straight. And that to me was the, penultimate of our relationship where for me, you know, I really realized how blessed I was.
for you, it must have been different because you weren't the one that was an idiot. <laughs> All you contributed like idiot. Idiocy. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> I, think I don't so. know. <laughs> it was hard because, I mean, you actually taught me to slow down and, and look at things one day at a time to get through it. But yeah, it was hard. I don't, I'd say it was probably the hardest part of our marriage. My mom always says that people who marry for money, they actually stay together more than people that marry for love. But I did not marry for money. I know, obviously. <laughs> I lost all our money and you stayed with me. But think about this. The people that marry for money, they actually stay together more often than people who marry for love. Because as long as the money is there, they got what they bargained for. It's like knowing your timing and risk tolerance in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So if your objective of getting married is to be financially secure and you have that financial security, you're always going to stay married. It's very risky when you marry for intuitive love. Like fourth you know, your grade feelings love. get hurt more and yeah and you think. never know what you're gonna get and you're yeah. always questioning that love for me once i started to learn to love myself i started becoming really secure in how much you love me for you what was that like because i know we evolved we've been married almost 25 years um i've always i I don't know that my love has evolved because it's always, I mean, it gets stronger. I don't think the love has evolved. I think the acknowledgement of the love has evolved and the relationship has evolved to way better than it was when I first got married. Yeah, I'd say it's more of a partnership, whereas before you felt like you were carrying a load, right? Yep. And then, um, I yeah, I definitely think it was more of a partnership. And I also think like your insecurity, like when we went through all those really hard times, um, maybe a part of you did think maybe she did marry me because I made a nice living or whatever. And I think you realized, oh, she really does love me for me. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, of course. I think that security means a lot that you're always going to be there. Because I think in any relationship, the fear of loss, just like the fear of missing out, the fear of other people's opinion, play an integral role in what people think and why relationships are interfered with when you're always worried about, well, my mom doesn't like her or, you know, the, the, I'm, she's going to mm -hmm. leave me. You know, th that hurts when you're afraid of what's missing and what you don't have, which kind of leads me to the, to the next major of evolution in my relationship was, and I think this is true about everyone's relationship, and I, I deal with it now trying to utilize it in my own business relationships. You get what you look for. Like, you're this amazing woman, and so many times I was like, oh, she's going to be mad at me. She's going to be upset with me. And all I'm trying to do is help my family. I'm late. I'm going on this business trip. I'm miserable, lonely, and she's going to be mad about it. And that's what I got. And once I started saying, God, I'm so blessed. I have an appreciative wife who recognizes why and what I'm doing. It was amazing how even the physical beauty changed its own way. Like you were even more attracted to me than ever because I was looking for mm. what I wanted in you, not looking for what I didn't want. That's interesting. For you, did you like you seem more stable in like how you felt about me even though like I was like you I mean, yes, I think you've grown a lot. <laughs> but like, how'd um, you deal with like I, I was hard wonder, sometimes. Like, I wanted like, to. I had like huge parties, and people would two hundred people would be at our house that you didn't know. How did it, you, you just, know how I dealt with it? I threw out the alcohol machine 
that we had. I yeah, told those some tap. people they weren't welcome in our house anymore, and I changed it because I didn't want it anymore. But yeah, I felt like you did have a lot of growing up to do. Actually, now that you talk about it, I, you're I like you way better now than I probably did even 15 years ago. But you love me the same. Of course, you just like me more. I like you better. And do you think that being best friends is important? Absolutely. And what is that in an intimate relationship? Because I find that one of the lucky sides or things about like I'm 54 years old and I'm more attracted to my wife than I was when so I was strange. nine or 14 <laughs> or 24 or 34 or 44, like physically attracted to my wife. And I know that has to do a lot about emotions and the subconscious. Um, but f beyond that, you know, you have so many friends that are our age that they're just friends. I think a lot of it too is like I've always looked at you as my boyfriend and the kids laugh at me when I say that, but we're still boyfriend and girlfriend. Like forget even marriage. Like we really are. We like to be together. We sit right on top of each other on the couch basically right next to each they other. make our kids sick. Yeah. I mean, I just, I still treat our and relationship. <laughs> I still treat our relationship as if we're dating. And where'd you learn that from? No, no. I just think that's what I wanted. Because it's kind of funny that our parents didn't have good relation, marital relationships. I think my parents did, but definitely my mom was probably the stronger of the two. Like she put would up with a lot. If you, would you have been happy in our relationship if no. I was your father? No. Like I said, right? And I yeah. absolutely, whether I was, if you were my mom or my dad, I wouldn't be happy in my relationship or my stepmom yeah. or stepdad later Maybe on. Maybe we saw what we didn't want. But yet it's interesting because our grandparents had really good relationships. So we think. We don't really know. I, I know that my grandparents did. They were married 62 Well, that doesn't, years. you don't know what happened behind closed doors. See, now you're taking my lessons, right? <laughs> never count somebody's money and never look at other people's relationships. <laughs> Those are two rules of mine. I think everyone goes through a hard time and it's how you deal with it and move on. And, um, and, and I think there is a lot of love there so you can work on And so, that. you know, obviously we, we worked on a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, I think you're more straightforward than I am. Like you tell it like it is. It gets you in trouble sometimes, but it helps me because... I think one of the greatest lessons uh, is the truth because I'm, you're inherently this straightforward, honest person. And one of the frustrations you had with me, especially when I was younger, was my personality, energetic, genetic inheritance is being a salesperson, right? So I oversell, I exaggerate, I back end sell. Sometimes I lie, uh, even, you know, manipulate and cheat people when I was younger. And you were always calling me out on. Yeah, I didn't like it. And do you see? Oh, total difference. And you still would call me out if I would, you, and I still do. Which I appreciate now, and it used to drive hurt, you crazy, hurt me to the core, the truth of who I was. And when you can bring the best out of your partner by being honest, you know, was there anything that I? For, for you, I know you're perfect, but maybe that I had brought to your attention that you've changed over the years. Oh, taking accountability. Like everything that ever went wrong in our relationship, I always blamed you. Or like other it, people. Yeah, but... Sometimes like it bothered me that you would never let people blame me. 
Yeah, that's right? true. Like even when you know I was going places I shouldn't go, you would like blame the guy that took me. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. No, but I still do. <laughs> um, no, and I like when we did go through a hard time, we lost everything. I totally blamed you. This was all your fault. And um, because I didn't make the money or the decisions. And so I felt like it was your fault. But really, you really showed me how part of it is my accountability that I need to take. Like, you know, you were doing these things to give me what I wanted. And some of them, like you even were adamantly against some of the stuff I wanted to do, like with the house or whatever. And you did it anyway. And it got us into trouble. And so it was hard for me to actually see where I had a play in all of that. And um, it, I think it helped me grow as well. Now let's take us to today. You know, I feel as if we, you and I are so blessed, right? We have these four extraordinary, happy and healthy children. I always talk about my goal with my mom is to let her know that I'm healthy, happy, appreciate and love her. And I can honestly say that all four of my kids are happy, healthy, they appreciate us, meaning we add value to their lives and they love us tremendously, which isn't easy today to have four for four. Yes. Um, financially, we've never done better. We can do whatever we want at any moment in our lives. We have not just, you know, money's one thing, but freedom of choice that both of us could wake up tomorrow morning and say, we're going to Paris. And we have the capability of everything being fine. The kids would be fine. The businesses would be fine. Mm -hmm. All of that. Um, do you see any challenges without all the interference that we had throughout the first, you know, 20, now? 20 some years? Do you see any struggles or challenges of, you know, knowing that we could do whatever we want? Well, we don't have enough time in our day to do all the things we want. <laughs> no, I think... Time. That is yeah, our challenge. I think really... We got to live in the speed of thought, not the speed of light. I think that we are so blessed. I, I, don't, I don't see a challenge. Like, we are able to communicate. Um, I trust you. I love you. We're lucky. Is there anything that I still need to work on? Uh... I mean, who doesn't need to work on something? Yeah, I'm sure you could work on stuff. What, my belly fat or what? No, I wouldn't say. You're not going to tell people? You're the honest one. No, I, I really don't have anything to say about that right now. Like, I'm pretty dang happy. How about me? You're perfect. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. We we have a good life. We've really, we've gone through a lot and... I truly believe we worked on a lot of things and I mean I'm I I couldn't imagine unless you mess it up because it wouldn't be me. That's never would be. It's a good thing you're learning accountability. I know. Um <laughs> <laughs> last thing then. Um I talk about doing your best, learning lessons and having fun, and it's applicable to my marriage. Right? When I realized how important this is to prioritize you. And prioritize my marriage my health is first because of you you taught me that lesson that you know when we rebounded and everything started doing well you're like what you know i asked you what can i do for you and you said take care of yourself and so beyond my health comes you and the family um how important is it to work hard at the marriage still even though things are going well and to learn lessons from the marriage but most importantly you know, we just have a blast. Like whether we're sitting 
watching TV or in Bora Bora or Private Island or whatever else we're blessed with. Um, well, those are the three things. How, how important are those three things? I think they're all very important, but I obviously communication is everything, and um, I think we communicate really well. Like yeah. that, that is the number one thing. So as long as we keep communicating as we are, like I don't see. Yeah, well, it's easy to find the light, the love, and the lessons in you. And I just want to say publicly how blessed I am. And so am I. The greatest gift that I've been given from the greatest source is the protection and promotion of having Julie being my wife. I love you. I love you too. And family is everything to you and me. And we couldn't be more blessed. I love you. I love you. <laughs>